Welcome to Raw Stories, the fortnightly podcast where I share new writing, whether it's ready or not. My name is Caroline Hardman, and this week's story is Cabbage Boys. No one knew exactly when it had started, or how, but for as long as anyone could remember, the girls in the village had been pulling up cabbages in Granny Weatherwell's garden to find out who they would marry. This ritual took place every year, just after dusk, on the night before Halloween. The girls would gather in the garden, wearing their smartest dresses and new ribbons in their hair and shoes, which, given how much attention was paid to the rest of their outfits, were surprisingly sensible. Each year, as those sensible shoes trod up and down and down and up the well-worn muddy paths between the garden beds, their owners would examine each and every leaf of each and every cabbage, carefully appraising both size and shape. After applying, one would assume, some self-invented system of logic, they used the information to determine what the roots of each cabbage, still hidden deep below the earth, might look like. Because that was how they knew. When they eventually pulled up their chosen cabbage, the shape of that root, whether short and squat, lanky and lean, or, as was most often the case, somewhere between the two, told them the shape of the boy they would eventually marry. And, the village being the size that it was, simply knowing the shape of the boy was, for the most part, enough to know exactly which boy it would be. There had been the occasional exception to this rule over the years, most notably when the Cottersley sisters had pulled up two identically rooted cabbages and had to decide which one of the Spencer twins each represented. They argued for days, and in the end, the dispute was settled by the toss of a coin, the result of which, as it happened, pleased no one. But the twins quietly swapped places and traded names, and after a joint wedding, both couples lived quite happily, with most of the village none the wiser. Granny Weatherwell knew, of course, about the switch. Not that she minded. Granny Weatherwell knew about everything which happened in the village, and she hardly minded about any of it. One of the things she'd learnt early in life was that the fewer things you minded about, the happier you were. It was a rule which had served her well, and one which most of the village was yet to learn. She wasn't completely immune from worry, though. Granny Weatherwell's garden had been home to the cabbage ritual for many years. And over all of those years, she'd begun to notice something. Something which had begun to bother her more than she cared to admit. As each new year arrived, and each new group of nervous girls arrived in her garden, their numbers grew smaller. The reasons for this were many and varied. Some of the girls had decided that they didn't want a husband at all, because they were perfectly happy without one. Others wanted to go exploring and travel the world before they settled down to marriage and family life. Some of those girls, once they discovered life outside the village boundaries, realised that it was a life which suited them better and didn't want to come back. And some of the ones who did come back brought husbands with them. Or they brought boyfriends who they hoped would one day turn into husbands and while not all of them would, the girls didn't know that yet 
so they were hardly going to risk their current state of loved-up bliss on the chance they might pull up the wrong cabbage. Then there was the year when two nervous-looking girls had approached the village council and asked very politely if, instead of finding husbands at the cabbage ceremony, they could just marry each other. The committee thought about this for a while and eventually decided that, since it wasn't doing anybody else any harm, that would probably be okay. Over the next few years, a handful of girls made similar requests and eventually so did some of the boys. And all that happened was that there were a few less girls and a few less cabbages in Granny Weatherwell's garden. These changes took place so slowly and so gradually over so many years that no one other than Granny Weatherwell noticed. And yet it wasn't the changes which bothered her. Contrary to both popular belief and stereotype, Granny Weatherwell was quite a fan of change. It was good for the soul, she thought. The girls treading their own paths through life seemed happy, but Granny Weatherwell desperately wanted the other girls, the ones who continued to tread the path between her cabbages, to be happy too. Because that was the problem. The other thing she'd noticed over the years, and this was the thing which did bother her, was that the girls who still came to her garden every year weren't examining the cabbage leaves to help them decide which cabbages they ought to pull up. They were examining the leaves to work out which cabbages to avoid. Granny Weatherwell saw this going on and she understood the reasons why. The girls who still came, came because it was expected of them. Their mothers had taken part in the cabbage ceremony and so had their grandmothers and their aunts and their older sisters and there was never any question that they too would follow suit but that didn't mean they had to enjoy it. And the fact was, the boys in the village weren't terribly exciting. They were nice enough lads, most of them, and they would have made perfectly respectable husbands, which was fair enough if perfectly respectable was all you wanted out of life. But deep down, none of the girls did, even if some of them didn't know it yet. Just because she understood the reasons for it, didn't mean that Granny Weatherwell liked what she saw. Something needed to be done, she eventually decided, and she was the one who was going to have to do it. So after that year's cabbage ceremony, she shut herself away and got to work. A year passed, and before anybody knew it, October had arrived again. A handful of girls gathered in Granny Weatherwell's garden, just as always. Only Granny Weatherwell knew that this year things would be different. It was Lily Andrews who pulled the first one up. With a resigned sigh and a mournful look over at the boys standing on the other side of Granny Weatherwell's garden wall, she stopped in front of the cabbage whose leaves she had clearly decided indicated the least worst option and began to pull. She frowned and then pulled again. A third pull a firmer grip this time, and eventually she released her prize. As she did, a sharp intake of breath came from the crowd gathered outside the garden, followed by a long, uncomfortable silence. Because it wasn't a cabbage which Lily Andrews had pulled out of the ground. Instead, she found herself hanging on to a real-life, full-sized boy.
The boy unfurled himself, shook the dirt from his clothes, and, once he had both feet planted firmly on the ground, shyly shook hands with a taken-aback lily. Granny Weatherwell, watching from her kitchen window, couldn't help but be pleased with the result. He'd been her first attempt, so he wasn't perfect. But then, the best things in life seldom are. For that reason, Lily would eventually be quite pleased with the result as well, although not for a little while. While Granny Weatherwell was pleased with the results of her experiment, the rest of the village were decidedly less so. This was not how the cabbage ceremony was supposed to work. Everyone knew that, but no one knew it quite well enough to want to be the one to say something. And so the ceremony continued. One by one, the girls selected cabbages and pulled up their own cabbage boys until the garden beds were empty and everybody went home, not quite sure what had just happened, but very ready to grumble about it. Another year passed. Winter came and went, and spring turned into summer. Towards the end of the summer, a whisper started and quickly echoed around the village. Where was Granny Weatherwell? No one had seen her, not for months. And while everyone in the village knew her, no one felt they knew her quite well enough to call in or check up on her. When October came, the whispers grew louder. There had still been no sign of Granny Weatherwell. Would there be a cabbage ceremony at all this year? No one liked to assume, but then again, no one liked to ask. And while the ceremony hadn't gone as anyone expected last year, no ceremony at all would be even worse. Besides, it was not as if there'd been anything wrong with the Cabbage Boys. Lily Andrews and the other girls who had taken part that year seemed quite happy with their new bows, and the Cabbage Boys had integrated into village life remarkably well. So well, in fact, that hardly anyone remembered now which boys were which. The night arrived, and because no one was sure what else they should do, the girls put on their fine dresses and new ribbons and sensible shoes and gathered in the garden. Silence fell as they began their melancholy trudge up and down and down and up the rows of cabbages, and a ripple of relief wove its way through the crowd when Granny Weatherwell appeared at her kitchen window to watch. There was an even bigger wave of relief when Sally Atkins pulled up the first cabbage and found it was just that. A cabbage, with a root which was exactly the same shape as Matthew Taylor, the captain of the village football team. He turned bright red as his teammates patted him on the back, and even redder still when Sally Atkins caught his eye and gave him a shy but delighted smile. Anyone could see that the two of them were pleased with the outcome. The rest of the village were just pleased that things had gone back to normal. Granny Weatherwell was pleased as well. She'd noticed with some interest, but without surprise, the extra lengths the village boys had gone to this year to smarten themselves up for the ceremony. And the girls had noticed too, although none of them realised that they had. 
They still walked up and down and down and up the well-worn muddy paths between the garden beds. And they still inspected each and every leaf of each and every cabbage. But they did it all with a spring in their step. And hearts full of hope. As for what was waiting beneath each leaf, still hidden deep within the earth, well, that was for Granny Weatherwell to know. Everybody else would find out soon enough. So that was Cabbage Boys. I really enjoyed writing this story. That third person, all-knowing, slightly tongue-in-cheek narrator is a voice I love writing in. And whenever a story idea arrives which lends itself to writing in that voice, I'm very pleased. I started writing this story during a writing workshop I attended earlier this year. It was run by the London Lit Lab and I will put a link to them in the notes because they run all sorts of really fantastic looking courses. This was a day-long workshop on using fairy tales and folklore and if you've listened to other episodes of the podcast you will know that is right up my street. It was run by the very wonderful Zoe Gilbert. She specialises in folklore in particular. She has a book called Folk coming out uh, early next year, I believe, which sounds fantastic. And she is just a great source of information and inspiration about all things folklore. It was a great workshop. We did all sorts of things. There was a really nice mixture of reading stories and talking about them and spending time on our own writing. And one of the exercises we did involved selecting from a whole collection of tiny snippets of folklore, superstitions and pieces of received wisdom and traditions. And we took one of those and then turned that into a story. So I chose a tradition which I believe comes from Ireland although I have since tried to find this piece of folklore online and I'm struggling to find the exact version I used but it involves girls pulling cabbages and using the roots to predict their future husbands. If you can tell me any more than that if you know this tradition or indeed if you have any other gems of folklore those weird traditions or superstitions which have been passed on to you. I would love to hear them. As always, you can get in touch by email on rawstoriespodcast at gmail.com or I'm on Twitter at rawstoriespod. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in a fortnight for another Raw Story.